Ages ago, when I was still a classroom teacher, I had an insight that was incredibly profound. I realized if I adjusted my attitude and adjusted my energy in the classroom, I realized that discipline disappeared. (laughs) And once I really looked in the mirror on a daily, right, hourly, class period by class period basis, I actually never wrote up a kid again. And I used to write up referrals, you know. I I definitely didn't lead the school in the number of referrals written, but I'd lose my cool and I'd get in this I get in this uh, roller coaster, emotional roller coaster and cycle, right? Of pushing and pulling with my students. And then I figured it out and everything seemed to get easier. Well, the same is true with adults. How you show up, the energy you bring, are you responsible for it? It's kind of like growing up, but nobody ever teaches us how to do that. Well, except my friend Jennifer Abrams. And so we're here to talk about how she helps leaders and adults and educators grow up at work, play nice, learn how to communicate effectively and be there supporting each other. You know that when you do that, everybody wins. Hey, it's Danny, Chief Ruckus Maker at Better Leaders, Better Schools. And this show is for you, a ruckus maker, which means you consistently invest in your continuous growth. You challenge the status quo and you design the future of school now. And we'll be right back after some messages from our show sponsors. Take the next step in your professional development with Harvard's Certificate in School Management and Leadership. Learn from Harvard Business and Education School faculty while you collaborate with a global network of fellow school leaders. Get started at betterleadersbetterschools.com slash Harvard. How would you like to increase student talk by an average of 40%? More student ownership, more student discourse. Check it out for yourself by trying out TeachFX. Go to teachfx.com forward slash betterleaders to pilot their program today. If executive functioning skills are integral to student success, then why aren't they taught explicitly and consistently in classrooms? I have no idea. I have no idea why that doesn't happen. But what I do know is that our friends over at Organized Binder have created a new course that will teach your teachers how to set up students for success via executive functioning skills. Learn more at organizedbinder.com slash go. All right. Hey, Ruckus Makers. I'm here with a friend. Listen, Jennifer is unbelievable. And I'm so... You've been on this show probably more than anybody. And I still remember... uh, Yeah, it's really possible. Uh, You keep coming back, but you know, I love having you here. So, But like I said, I remember the first time we recorded and it was also face-to-face, you know, live. I was doing stuff on Skype back then, but you happened to be in Chicago and whatever. So let me introduce you in case some other folks uh, don't know you. Formerly a high school English teacher and a new teacher coach in Palo Alto Unified School District, Jennifer Abrams is currently a communication consultant and author who works with educators and others on new teacher and employee support. Being generational savvy, effective collaboration skills, having hard conversations, and creating identity-safe workplaces. 
And she has a longer bio. You can definitely pick that up uh, on the website and show notes. And something really important to know is that she has an awesome book. It's been out a little bit, but I want you to pick up a copy if you haven't read it. It's called Stretching Your Learning Edges. There it is. Growing Up at Work. And you know, I'd love to hear about how it's been received and all that kind of stuff, but some folks may not know that this book is out. So can you just Give us a you know high level overview of what stretching your learning edges is all about. Why you wrote it, you know, and what did you initially hope would come across when putting it out into the world? Thank you for having me here, Danny. This book is the fifth book that I've written, and it should have been the first book. Huh. And I didn't know better. I didn't know better, right? So this book is about our field, about education, and the discovery that I made. Golly, I started at 22. I'm going to be 56 in a week. What I've discovered and I've really emphasized is we have credentials in how to teach our students and our subjects, and we don't have credentials in how to talk effectively to each other. Yeah. And the essence and the importance and the research that backs that says we really do need to work on that because it will actually be a very important piece to increasing student achievement and doing what we sure. want to do for our schools. That is a curriculum. How do we better talk to mm. each other? And how are we pros? My newsletter I put out last month was about going pro. How do professionals do this? And so this book speaks to a stretch curriculum. This isn't your bottom line, say hi in the front office and go off and do your stuff. But what do we need to build in ourselves, our mindsets, our capacities in order to be those value and colleagues? And what is it? Where do we need to stretch? So that's what the book's about. That's really good. You know, you visited the mastermind too. I don't know if you ever met Fran McGreevy when you did visit, but he has a saying, and you know, he's a retired principal at this point and just super leader. Uh, but basically, you said, you know, I can tell you the quality of a school by just looking at the quality of the relationships, you know, among the adults. And that, I think, you know, is what a lot of your work's about, too. You, you called it a stretch curriculum. Okay, what does that mean? What's a stretch curriculum? I think that the concept of adults' development is mm-hmm. is something we don't focus on in schools. We have child development. We have their curriculum. We know where you're supposed to move vertically over through the grades. And this concept of adults developing isn't a piece of what we think we should be doing because we're already cooked. You know, we're over the age of 18 or we signed a contract, we're teacher of record, we're done, right? And I think it's a stretch to, I think we are stretching not just in understanding our content or our instruction, but stretching, moving, not just like totally solid yet, but really pushing toward developing ourselves in internal ways in our intrapersonal awareness and in our interpersonal communication. And so that's why I call it stretching because it really isn't a solid, I'm standing in it. I'm really, sometimes it's just one step away. And there is a progression, I think, or a developmental journey that we too need to be on. That's what I mean by stretching your learning edges and then also the growing up at work. The up is not punitive. We're, you know, grow up, 
it's about really growing up. It's like really developing yourselves to be able to do bigger and better things. Got it. And this is so important, right? To, like you said, student achievement, school success. It's not taught the curriculum. You know, thank God you're, you're in this space, uh, helping out leaders, adults figure out how to navigate these waters. Well, what are some practical things that you might share, right? With the ruckus maker watching or listening, but some things that they could do to have these positive interactions and relationships with their colleagues and grow up in work. Especially so, since we're so ill-prepared, you know? Oh, God. Yeah, it's so true. I'll give you two examples. There are five facets, but let me go into one of them to start, and we'll only look at okay. two. One of them is to suspend your certainty. Mm. Why should you suspending certainty? Because I think in our culture, we are all about advocating and putting in our idea. And do we ever sit and make sure that we've listened to other diverse perspectives to create greater nuance or shadow, you know, to add color to our information and to give us a different take? Because we have blind spots. So one of the things really basic of suspending certainty is for people like me. If you're a person who's like, I'm taking the lead, I'm an external processor, I'm a toaster, as people say, I I immediately process, I immediately put in my two cents. Suspending certainty could be as easy as listening to three people before you add your idea. As a leader, that might be a really good thing to do because you're going to get an additional set of points of view that hopefully inform what you're going to say if you're listening, right? And so that's just like one basic, you know, kind of fundamental way to suspend your certainty. Another way might be, what am I not seeing? What am I missing? And to ask people to provide that, right? And to seek it out. So that's suspending certainty. Another thing that was a little bit more Uh, of a stretch for people, but they were very accepting of it as I was talking about it today. And they were reading about it because we were doing a book study in the state of North Dakota with coaches today, that if you have a yeah, but person in your group, yeah, but that ain't going to work. Yeah, but that's not going to work. Could we take responsibility? And that's one of the facets. Take responsibility for our contribution to that. Like, it's not my job. Is it my job to actually tell them to like stop being a Debbie Downer? No, but it is your responsibility, I feel, to keep the group moving and to keep the group mm-hmm. productive and to allow and support people to be agents and have agency. So this is something that I say, acknowledge, 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 and then ask them a question. So Danny, I know that we don't have as much time as we'd wanted. And I know you've mentioned that we don't have all the right resources yet. And I know that our timeline is shorter than you'd like. And given it's not going off our plate, what do you think we should do next? It's like, see you, I see you, and let's move forward. So that's a stretch edge for some people who there was a special ed teacher, right? So the special ed teacher is there to advocate and support for the person, the kid, the general ed teacher saying, but I can't do that, but I can't do that, but I can't do that. How might the special education teacher in an advocacy role acknowledge the challenges and 
help that person just the same, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. you know, take responsibility for what's yours. Those are two ideas. And to me, those are stretch edges. We didn't learn that in, in credential classes. And yet, wouldn't it be great if we had those skills in our communication to move groups forward and to move ourselves forward? So. Absolutely. I, you know, those resonate with me so much. And the idea of seeing people, you know, we talk about that all the time. So you're talking acknowledging and what would need to be true. One way I like to ask it, yeah, what would need to be true for us to accomplish this thing, right? Yeah. You, you said, how might we, what would need to be true in uh, seeing people acknowledging moving forward? The suspended certainty I resonate with too, because if I'm not careful, my personality, I can just really, you know, occupy the entire space, right? Cause I get so excited, especially if it's something I'm really interested and excited in. And so that's something that I've learned, especially like leading masterminds or whatever. Do my best to speak towards the end. If I speak too soon, everybody agrees and it kind of shuts people down. And I also sort of extinguish better ideas from being offered uh, before I would say something. So I appreciate that, Jennifer, because those are two practical things a ruckus maker could certainly do like immediately. So uh, that's awesome. Well, your book's been out, you know, about 18, 18 months. How's it been received? You know, you talked about working with some coaches in North Dakota. That's super cool. Uh, but w- what have you learned, you know, about people that want to stretch and some of these challenges to stretching? I think that it's been warmly received by people worldwide. It's been pretty awesome. I work internationally and I think many audiences see the need. So, there could be smaller groups that really just say, yay, a senior leadership team, a cabinet in a school district at a very central office level, a group of department chairs or grade level leads who are wanting to model this for their teams. And I've seen it where people say, yeah, this is super, super important. We want to build our capacity. And it's an individual piece, right? It's like, where can I play on my side of the net and how can I develop? When people say, and this is the challenge, and I totally relate to this because it is the challenge. When people say, you know who needs this? Our whole staff. Our whole staff needs to be better. It's we have a toxic culture. We're not healthy. We need to just kind of come and and, you know, top down, tell people this is how they're going to behave. That's going to end up being painful, right? So it's an interesting question for me as to given that you can't just go grow up, right? That's not going to work. What is the best way to bring people forward? This is with any initiative, right? Why would this be beneficial? In which way can we add pieces so that it isn't just like, here's the book, you got to live this. But for example, and this is what I thought was really super. One group, a school out of Calgary, amazing place, called me and said, we have a PD day, which is very common, right? Where we're going to go through something, a particular discussion that we have to do for four hours or whatever in order to meet our accreditation needs. Nobody wants to be in the discussion. 
everybody's already tired. They don't even want to show up, right? Can you come to just, you know, kind of bring a level of professionalism and mindfulness in a way that people can hear you into the first hour? And then maybe people can engage in a different way for the other three or four. And I said, yes, we talked about it. Like, how am I going to bring this? And so I'm now working at a school on their PD day for the same amount of time because they're going to go into some very challenging conversations around multi-tiered systems of support and issues of equity where people might feel threatened and need to participate in from their best self, right? And so it's just, how can we do that? We honor that this is going to be challenging and please show up and take responsibility for the energy that you bring into the space. Here are some ways that you can do that. And I know you are really intend on being good. Here are some ways that just to be reminded. And so it's been challenging in some places. So we have to kind of work it. But other people are like, oh my gosh, I want to be a leader. These are skills that I have to study. So it's been pretty interesting and it just continues to show up from Africa to Taipei to Seattle to Fargo, you know? So it's been pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. I definitely want to hear a little more about that energy piece, but maybe we could talk about that right after some messages uh, from our sponsors. The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is proudly sponsored by Harvard's Certificate in School Management and Leadership. I know many mastermind members and many ruckus makers who listen to this show that have gone through the program and have loved the experience. But don't just take it from me. Let's hear how some of the Harvard faculty describe the impact and their heart for this program. I deeply believe that every single person on this planet has superpowers and it is our job as educators to tap into them and unleash them. Learn more about the program and apply at betterleadersbetterschools.com slash Harvard. What do you see in your classrooms? And how did you see it? As a principal, you can't be everywhere at once. So how can you help support every teacher in the building? With TeachFX, teachers can gather their own feedback without relying on classroom observations. The TeachFX instructional coaching app is like giving every teacher their own instructional coach whenever they want it. Ruckus makers can pilot TeachFX with their teachers. Visit teachfx.com, visit teachfx.com forward slash better leaders to learn how. That's teachfx.com forward slash better leaders. Teachers give it their all to empower their students. But what is it that truly lays the foundation for learning? What sets all students up for success? As you know, unless students develop a solid foundation for learning, it doesn't matter how great teachers deliver content or how emergent the technology is or even how engaging a lesson might be. When students hone executive functioning skills, those seemingly intangible suite of habits and behaviors, teachers' efforts find fertile ground and everyone succeeds. Ironically, did you know that executive functioning skills are not taught? Rather, they are best learned when students get practice using them by virtue of engaging in a predictable daily learning routine. Our friends at Organized Binder have created a new course that will teach your teachers how to set students up for success. And you can learn more at organizedbinder.com slash go. 
Help your students succeed at organizedbinder.com slash go. We're back with my friend, one of the best in education, Jennifer Abrams. We're talking about her book, which I want you to pick up, Stretching Your Learning Edges. And prior to the break, you mentioned this idea of being responsible for the for your energy, right? I think I know what yeah. that means. I know when I walk into a room, you know, I'm a catalyst and things are going to move quickly towards a more positive energy or a more negative based on how I show up, right? So I think I get that a little bit, but unpack that. Would you unpack that for the ruckus maker watching or listening, this energy? Doubt is from Indiana University Health Center. So you can imagine going into that okay. hospital, sandwich board. And in front of the, the sandwich board says, "Take, please take responsibility for the energy you bring into the space. Your words matter. Your behaviors matter. Our patients and our teams matter. And mm-hmm. I thought, I thought that was just a beautiful thing because you're so anxious, right? As you're going into a hospital and you might not be able to be as, I have as much equanimity and compassion. You're maybe, you know, your fuse is a little shorter. And I love that idea because in one of the facets that I speak to, it's the idea of building resiliency. And what I mean by that isn't the resiliency that I think we really did have to find within the pandemic. And there was such burnout and such struggle and understandable struggle. What I was imagining is before the pandemic, how do we take ownership of our or our emotional and psychological, what I call hygiene? Like, how are we healthy <laughs> for ourselves and for other people? Because when we go into a meeting, exactly like you said, we show up with our energy and I don't want us to pig pen a meeting. So remember pig pen from Charlie Brown, Snoopy, lovely guy. He always had dust and always. there's a lot a of cloud, dust. a cloud. And you know, yeah. people who show up in your meetings and they pig pen it and they Ugh. bring in something from 17 years ago and something from in the morning. Right. And, and I think that we need to, maybe that means we need to take a deep breath at the beginning. We have to renorm. We have to take a minute. We have to stand. We need a water. And to recognize you have to take responsibility because it, it really does biofeedback wise, biochemically, yeah. our energy does ooze into a meeting and I influences we, and then we can influence I. But you got to know that. So that's what I mean by that. Yeah, good point. You know, I'm, I'm actually working with Principal One on One, somebody I love. He's awesome. Right in your back of the woods, uh, neck of the woods, I should say, which is really cool. So it's fun to be out there with him. But he he has a dysfunctional department. I won't name the department in case anybody knows who I'm talking about. And I asked, so what's going on? You know, with this one with one group. And uh, it's a department head and another veteran. And the one is holding on to a grudge where she felt felt slighted from literally years ago. And it's still bringing it to the table, bringing that energy. And it's hard to get stuff done. It's hard to rally around the vision of the school and where things are going and doing ultimately what's best for kids because somebody won't let go. Like, what would it take to let it go? So I, I like... You know what you mentioned, the the breath, uh, moving around, water, these kind of things. 
But would you suggest too, like, could you verbally, like the sign in Indiana, could you say, hey, everybody, we're about to start. Let's be responsible today for the energy we bring, right? I put so, it in, I put, on a, I put it on a slide at the very beginning of yeah. all my stuff. Oh, and for your, okay. In any Zoom or in any workshop I do, that's the norm yeah. at this Does point. anybody ever just go do one of those? No. I'm just curious. I either, <laughs> I maybe don't look at them because I'm yeah. looking at and everybody's yeah, yeah, looking yeah. at them. Or move right to, and this I think is the second thing I say, I, it's mm. Mrs. Count's classroom. I found it on Instagram. Somebody uh-huh. is learning how to be a person by watching you. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's for us in education. What are they seeing? And if they were there, if a five-year-old or a 14-year-old was there watching how you were in, this specific meeting, would you feel proud of that? Because we, it, yeah. we go, it's there. And so people go, oh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So between the mm-hmm. first and the second, I think without being punitive or diminishing or patronizing, you know, that's the norm that we hold. So, yeah, good. That's great. So you, you talked about the pandemic a little bit and some of the challenges that are happening and you know, I've read in the papers too about this idea of quiet quitting and this kind of thing, which, um, you know, in, in teacher retention, right? And uh, recruitment, really, really important things. And so I'm just, I'm just curious how, you know, building resiliency and do you have any to take on, in terms of like important skills to build to address some of these things that we're seeing uh, these days? You know, Ray gives yeah. us some hearts too. So oh, hi, Ray. Good to see you. Thanks. She's awesome. I have been told. Different people have different takes on this. I mean, we can't ask people to do more. So if you put all this on somebody, put all this on somebody, so to speak, some people will put their hands on their heads and go, this is a lot. This is a lot. Right. Like, I just, I can barely teach you now. You want me to be a nice person with right. my colleague? Yeah. I mean, uh, and I say, yes, I do. Because that's the job. The job is everything, right? And yeah. say, but you can't add this to people. It's going to cause them to burn out faster. It's going to it's going to make them feel like they want to quit. I'm going to guess and I spoke to my grad school roommate today, her daughter is ready to quit at a school that she's working with in the Midwest and I bet that if the adults were playing better at that school and they were more resilient more responsible for how they weren't trying to be a Debbie Downer, more open to younger teachers' uh, input, and they'd suspend their certainty and say, well, think about that, right? She might not want to quit. She might want. Now, fair enough. It could be for a lot of other reasons, but I truly feel like this isn't an add-on that will cause people to decide to say, that's the end. I can't be a part of a more professional, thoughtful, psychologically aware, and emotionally capable group. That's it. I'm out of here, right? I'm going to guess they're not going to do that. So I think it's something that could add value. That's my thought. I don't know that. I haven't done the research. And boy, if somebody wants to do a PhD on this, more mm. to it. But I've also had people say to me, I'm not growing this way. I'm retiring in a year. I have mm. no time to add this. And I go, God, I hope 
I hope my pilot doesn't say that about learning the flight plan and my doctor mm-hmm. doesn't mm-hmm. say that about drugs. I hope that we stay professional until right. we're retired. So yeah, that's yeah. my... You know, it, it solved the retent recruitment side of things too, because the buzz in the community, right? You're just you're going to be known as a, a great place to, to work. Right? And so uh, maybe you haven't done the research, but you know, I've worked with a few folks and uh, there's one superintendent I'm thinking about down in Texas. Lisa, if you're watching, we love you. She's off often like commenting on posts and I, I just, I really respect and admire the work she's doing. But she told me, hey, Danny, you know, teachers will drive past districts closer to their home that pay yes. a higher salary because we treat them right. We wow. treat them right in our system, you know? And so I think that's exactly what you're talking about. And, uh, you know, she's doing a fantastic job. So awesome stuff. All right. I have two more questions before we go. One being, you know, just like, all right, this book's out. How does it align all, all your books? You know, congrats on having five books, but is it an extension of what you've always been focusing on or how does it fit in? I think if I, and I've thought about trying to do an institute, you know, the Abrams Institute. Okay. Hey, sign me up. I, oh yeah, sign you up, Danny. And yeah, and you would be totally like, oh, I could design that and we could work on that. It's, <laughs> to me, it's maybe the overarching concept, this assumption yeah. and presupposition that we need to develop in this way in order for schools and classrooms to be even better. So what are the skills? And so this to me would be maybe an initial overview and then a little bit around more collaboration could include the generational stuff. It could be about hard conversations and finding your voice around what matters as a supervisor, as a principal, as a colleague. It could be we're working on, you know, moving out initiatives. How do I respond when something comes to me? You know, and what kind of questions do I want to ask in order not to be resistant? It's all about communication and messaging and inter and intrapersonal stuff. All of it. I think, as I've mentioned, I think this could be the first book or the umbrella book. But it's that piece. Remember, we don't talk about adult to adult communication. We just think people should know how to do it. And I didn't. So that's why I'm here. I want to help people find their voice. So that's awesome. Yeah, so, so needed. We can't make that assumption. So my, my last question, I know you've been on the show and you've answered a lot of these, but let me just see what your take will be today. If you could put one message on all school marquees around the world for just a single day, what would Jennifer's message be today? Be a humane, grow yourself to be a humane human being. Yeah, some about hum, hum, being a humane human being. Yeah, that's it. That's something like that. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed.